Today's gospel is from the John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Jenny. You may be seated. Good morning. The holy hum of Monday afternoons in the Mount Olivet kitchen. The sounds of pots and pans clanging, the chopping of vegetables from the garden. Smells wafting down into the hallway. What's for dinner? Staff like me begin to wonder right around this time. Veteran volunteers lead and guide newcomers from inside and outside of Mount Olivet stream in. Every week, new teams form, learn one another's names, tell stories, serve together, unite in the spirit of truth. That same spirit that Jesus said he would send to us in his stead. That same spirit that declares that all are welcome and that all who are hungry should be fed. It's Monday afternoon and on this little corner of Plymouth, There is a visible sign of God's spirit abiding in and through meals prepared, in and through bodies that are giving and receiving, in and through nourishment for bellies, love letters sent into community saying, whomever you are, you matter to us and to God. Pastor Beth often says that the community meal was a lifeline to the spirit in those uncertain days of the pandemic. And I often wonder, how do we harness that same kind of energy in spirit in all that we are and all that we do and all that we will become? Our text for today has Jesus continuing to say goodbye to his disciples before he is arrested and crucified. And it has something important to say about how to harness the energy of the Spirit. It's a bit nebulous, this text, this long winding goodbye of Jesus with so many moving parts. It's a bit like a Minnesotan goodbye. You know know what I mean by that. We get the sense that Jesus in this sacred moment with his disciples is working all the things out for himself. And there are prepositions galore. 
For example, he says, the Father will give you uh, the Spirit to be with you, and you will know her because she abides with you, and she will be in you, and you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you, and those who love me will be loved by my Father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Remember learning about prepositions back in grade school? These short short words like in and through and with and alongside and among and by? Prepositions are those short words that denote what? I know there's at least one English major among you What do prepositions denote? Connection, relationship. We had that planned. (laughs) Earlier, Dan called it preposition Sunday. So there you go. Jesus tells the disciples goodbye by revealing the fundamental language of God, and that is of relationship. Our Creator God abides in and through the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who abides in and through the Holy Spirit, who is sent to abide in relationship in and through you and in and through me, and in and through our relationships and connections with others. We are endlessly offered the opportunity to be in relationship with the divine. And this is the same kind of relationship we are asked to go out and cultivate, nurture, and share with others. A simple concept, right? Yes and no. New Testament scholar D.A. Carson names the paradox this way. Being in loving relationship with another is simple enough for a toddler to memorize and appreciate and yet profound enough that most mature believers are repeatedly embarrassed at how poorly they comprehend it and put it into practice. Relationship is the internal and external language of God, of Jesus Christ, of the Spirit, of the Holy Trinity, this God that we trust in and worship here every morning. And relationship is in the very DNA of the divine and in the DNA of the created world with its earth and sky and sea and all its creatures. And yet, relationship doesn't always come easy for us. We like to be safe and not vulnerable. Most of the time, we like our own cozy circle of people who like the same things we do and who agree with us. And then there's the productivity-obsessed culture that we swim in. We are so busy. We are so focused on our checklists and our results. We are so exhausted 
when we make it to the end of our week that creating and nurturing new relationships seems like a luxury for which we have no time or energy. But what if this so-called luxury is the very heart of what Jesus means to love one another when he's no longer here? So my invitation for you and for me this week is no matter what you are trying to accomplish at home, at work, at church, in community, Invest a little more of your time in relationships. Wonder with me about how a change in perspective and priority towards relationship might make a difference in how we live out the gospel. On Monday and Tuesday of last week, I had the privilege of attending a retreat for first call pastors in the Minneapolis Synod. Um, at Dunroven, which is a retreat center just north of Stillwater on the beautiful St. Croix River. And as pastors discussed various ways to make the gospel come alive inside and outside the walls of the church, some advice was offered by a colleague, a congregational organizer who said, relationship and connection proceed action precedes precedes action relationship and connection precede action that made a lot of sense to me loving one another as jesus commands is not primarily a decision to be made an item to cross off a checklist a project to deliver upon or even an event to execute Loving one another starts with entering into relationships and partnerships with others and encouraging loving action that might emerge. Curious, I felt compelled to reach out to some of the regulars who serve at the community meal and ask them for a word that describes what motivates them to serve what serving has meant to them over these last uh, few years. And you can probably guess the word that rang most loudly. There it was in my email box, connection. The connections between the volunteers and those who received the meals, the connections between among the volunteers, high schoolers, retirees, everyone in between sharing their lives and their wisdom. Relationships have formed in that kitchen. And as meals are delivered curbside, relationships continue to form and pave a way for what is next in that ministry. And in and through those relationships, loving kindness takes motion in community, one meal, one person at a time. It's Monday afternoon, and the Mount Olivet kitchen is abuzz with the sounds of volunteers chopping and chattering, sharing stories and laughter. And the Spirit of God, well, she's working alongside them. Thanks be to God. Amen.